0: 1 Corinthians chapter 13, a well-worn passage in all of our Bibles. Okay. If we know nothing about the book of 1 Corinthians, we all know chapter 13, okay? All right. this is the love passage, okay? All right. Paul put this in just for Valentine's Day, you know, so they went there. First Corinthians chapter 13. I'm going to read the last verse of chapter 12 with this. Okay, so verse 31 of chapter 12. But strive for the greater gifts and I will show you a still more excellent way. Chapter 13, verse one. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love. I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. Then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide these three. And the greatest of these is love. Lord, we thank you for giving us your word. We pray as you prayed on the night before you were crucified, that you would sanctify us in your word, because your word is truth. We ask now, Lord, that you would... Um. open our hearts and minds, help us to understand your word. But more importantly, I pray, Lord, that you would teach us how to apply your word. Truly, the greatest tool for evangelism is love. And I pray, Lord, that as a, as the church, our church and the church um, worldwide, that we would recover this tool so that we could win so many more people to Christ. But I pray, Lord, that you would help us to see the context uh, in which love is given here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and help us uh, to apply it appropriately when it comes to spiritual gifts. We thank you now for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Really quickly, I want us to look at three verses of Scripture um, before coming back to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And these three verses of Scripture uh, are a part of uh, something that my uh one of my uh Bible college teachers did on the very first day, the very first class of Bible interpretation in my first year there, okay? Um and recently I was actually reading a book and I'm like, man, he stole that. <laughs> like I saw the same exact thing in this book. I was like, "Mm." All right. But listen, let's look Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27. I want you to look at verse 5, Matthew 27, verse 5. Now, I'm going to wait for everybody to get there. I want us to to see this very clearly, Matthew chapter 27, verse 5. I'm not even going to read the whole verse. I'm just going to read one phrase of the verse. It is the very last phrase, and it says, and he went and hanged himself. Okay, talking about Judas. And he went and hanged himself. Now, I want you to turn over to the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. And we're going to look at verse 37. And I'm not even going to look at the whole verse. I just want the very last phrase, uh, um, two phrases of the, of the verse, right, which is the last sentence. The last sentence of chapter uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 37 says, Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Judas went out and hung himself. And Jesus says, Go and do likewise. Now I want you to look at John Chapter thirteen. John Chapter thirteen, verse twenty seven. And I'm not even going to look at the whole verse. I just want the last phrase in the verse. And it says, do quickly what you are going to do. Now, what we have just seen here is that the Bible supports suicide. And it also tells you that... When you are going to commit suicide, make sure you do it quickly. Is that true? Why not? Because context matters. Now, side note, this is what happens in church every single Sunday. Right? Be like, read this verse. And be like, all right, now look at me. Now go to this verse. <laughs> you know, and they like have you all through and then they they you know they you can tell you can make anybody believe anything cuz notice what I did. Look at this verse. I don't want to even read the whole verse. I just want the last sentence of that verse. Okay? Jesus hung himself. Jesus says go and do likewise. And and when you do it do it quickly. Okay. Now, when you lift verses out of their context, right, bad things can really happen because context matters. Now, when we're looking at, (laughs) you're probably like, I have no clue where he is going (laughs) with this conversation on spiritual gifts, okay? (laughs) But stay with me, okay? Mm -hmm. The same thing is true. When we come to the conversation on spiritual gifts in their proper context, spiritual gifts are a tremendous blessing to the body of Christ. But outside of its proper context, spiritual gifts can become an opportunity for division, self-centeredness and belittling other Christians. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul is talking to us about the only proper context for spiritual gifts. And the only proper context for spiritual gifts is love. Now, notice what we try to do with 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We lift 1 Corinthians chapter 13 out of its context, right? It's usually used around Valentine's Day to talk about love. It is usually applied to people in conflict, okay, right? You're having conflict in your marriage or your relationship, and you see love is patient. Love is kind. (laughs) It's not rude. It doesn't keep a record of wrong. See, you got to forget the things that your spouse is doing and just love them. They, and and, and like he say sure, you're right. And it's true. Listen, I'm not saying that those things are wrong statements, right? You know, but 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 again, we are missing the whole context of what 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is about. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is talking about spiritual gifts, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 14 is talking about spiritual gifts. So it doesn't really make sense for Paul in chapter 13. Well, let me tell you how y'all should relate to one another when you get married. Right? The context of chapter 13 is spiritual gifts. And Paul is telling us how are we supposed to exercise our spiritual gifts appropriately. They can only be exercised appropriately in the context of love. Now, let's see what Paul says here. Three things I want you to see in this passage. You can write these three things down, and then I'll take them one by one. Number one, we will see in chapter 12, verse 31 through 13, verse 3, that spiritual gifts without love is shallow. Spiritual gifts without love is shallow. Number 2 In verses 13 uh, in chapter 13 verses 4 through 7 we see what real love looks like what real love looks like And then in verses 8 through 13 we will see spiritual gifts are temporary but love never ends. Spiritual gifts are temporary, but love never ends. First, spiritual gifts without love is shallow. Let's look again what Paul says, starting at verse uh, 31 in chapter 12. He says, But strive for the greater gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. Now, I think that what Paul is trying to describe for us, when, when we talk about a way, right, in uh in the Bible, oftentimes, I- especially in when we're talking about um uh in Proverbs, wisdom literature, right, um, when we talk about a way, we're talking about your way of life, right? So Paul is now going to describe to us what our way of life should look like, okay? He's going to show us a better way. You're you're, you're focusing completely on spiritual gifts, and that may be fine, okay? Uh, in, In its proper context, focusing on spiritual gifts is a good thing because spiritual gifts have been given in order to grow and edify the body. Remember I said that a spiritual gift is how the Holy Spirit wants you to function in the body. It's what he wants you to do in order to benefit the body. So within its proper context, in a proper way of life, spiritual gifts are a good thing. Pursue spiritual gifts. And I'm going to show you a better way. Paul is telling us that our MO, right, your modus operandi, should be... Love. Now, again, this is why we read from John chapter 13 this morning, right? Because Jesus says, by this, all men will know that you are truly my disciples. How? By the way that you show love to one another. Love, uh, to, to, to lift the title of Francis Schaeffer's book, <laughs> is the mark of a Christian. It it, it is the number one overwhelming mark of a Christian. That should characterize us in every single thing that we do. Love is the only way of life for a Christian, and love is the only proper context for spiritual gifts. Now, why do I think that chapter 13 is referring to spiritual gifts, that the context is spiritual gifts? Listen to what Paul says in verses 1, 2, and 3. He says, if I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers, prophecy, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith. Right. Remember, we we are going over the the actual spiritual gifts in Bible study. So these are all listed as spiritual gifts. Um, If I have all faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give, which giving is also a spiritual gift, away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Paul is showing us here that spiritual gifts without love is shallow. Having spiritual gifts without love is shallow. Now, Paul is, is telling them that their focus is on spiritual gifts. Tongues, prophecy, giving, right? Faith. Like you, They're putting an emphasis on spiritual gifts, but he is showing us it is possible to exercise your spiritual gift and still don't have love. Oh, but... Uh, but, but I'm teaching people. But, but 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 I'm I'm singing in the choir. I'm using my gift to help people focus on God. <laughs> Look how much money I gave this year to help people. It is possible to possess spiritual gifts and use those spiritual gifts and do it only for yourself. Notice how much money. I gave to the poor this year. <laughs> I'm using my gift to bless people. Oh, me and the Lord, we have some, I speak in tongues. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I, I, God is speaking through Me. <laughs> It is possible to possess and exercise a spiritual gift only for self-centered reasons because you don't have love. And notice what Paul says about those who have and possess and use their spiritual gifts um, without love. He says, first, that if you speak in tongues but don't have love, you're a noisy gong and a clanging symbol. You might as well be like gong, <laughs> right? All of remember the gong show, <laughs> okay? Right? You you might as well just walk around, boing boing boing. Nothing you say means anything if if you have. The greatest prophetic power so that you understand all mysteries. You have all of you have the infinite God figured out. You know everything. You can explain the Trinity. You got it all. You understand everything about the infinite God in the past, present and the future. And you have all knowledge. You understand every single thing that's written. All knowledge. But if you don't have love, right, he says, I am nothing. Then he says, if you give away all your possessions, you even give away your body. Now, here it says that so that you could boast, right, it's the the question. Should the phrase be translated that I should boast or should it be translated that I may be burned? But either way, right? The point is is that you're giving away your possessions, right, so that you can be recognized, right? Even self-sacrifice to the point of death, right? You can die for someone and do it for your own personal reason. has nothing to do with the people I die for. I just want to get on the news. Pow, pow, pow! I was was so brave in saving those people. Okay, okay. He says, you can do all of that, but if you don't have love, I gain nothing. The th- thing that, I inter- uh, that interests me the most is when Paul says, I am nothing. If I do these things, it's not that my works are nothing. He says, I am nothing. I'm nothing. I'm a nobody. Having spiritual gifts without love diminishes me as a person it doesn't necessarily diminish my works it diminishes me as a person i not my works am nothing i am a nobody my value is diminished without love spiritual gifts causes me to become shallow did y'all hear me sing in the choir this week? Oh, I didn't get a solo to somebody else. They know I could sing better than them. <laughs> Spiritual gifts without love causes me to become self-centered. God is using me. He's not using you like he's using me. I, I, I'm hearing directly from God. I don't care what you say because God is speaking to me. You know what? God told me to tell you. And then next week, God told me to tell you. And then every week of the year, God has told you to tell somebody something. He ain't telling nobody else to tell somebody something. (laughs) Self-centered. It's it's all about you. And because it's all about you, you're probably hearing yourself. (laughs) Spiritual gifts without love causes me to become prideful and arrogant. It's it's all about me, my gifts, my ministry, my service, what I'm doing for God. But love helps me to see myself, others, and the whole issue of spiritual gifts correctly. Right? Love is the glasses that helps us to see ourselves, others, and spiritual gifts correctly. So I can use my gifts correctly. And that, using it correctly, is to turn my gifts outwardly to benefit others. Remember, I said in Galatians chapter 5, we talk about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is for me. That is God, the Holy Spirit, working his character in me, right? I become more loving. I become more gentle. <laughs> okay. I have self control. The fruit of the Spirit is for me. But spiritual gifts are not for me. The Holy Spirit has given me one or more spiritual gifts so that I turn those gifts outwardly to benefit other people. And the only thing that helps me maintain that proper perspective to be used by God and not become self-centered and arrogant and prideful, the only thing that keeps me grounded is love. It helps me to focus my gifts on other people and not on myself. Now, the second thing as we move it on, right, we, we, we're seeing here that that love is the only thing that, that that is the proper context for spiritual gifts. That when we when we exercise spiritual gifts outside of the context of love, we become shallow, right? Now the question is uh, what is real love? And, and 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 this has been a question since nineteen ninety two for Mary J. Blige. Okay. She she is probably still searching for a real love, okay, but the truth be told, all of us are searching for real love, all of us are searching for real love, and the reason we don't find it is because we don't actually know what real love looks like, we think we know, but we don't really know, we think that real love is found in being with the most popular person in high school. We think that real love is uh, being with the person who is most physically attractive. We think that real love is uh, being with the person with the most money or who can provide the best life for us financially. And we often think that the, the that real love is being with the person who makes us feel all warm and fuzzy inside. <laughs> okay. What she say? And don't repeat. Don't repeat. Don't repeat. <laughs> you haven't. You, so you searching for real love too? <laughs> right. Now, uh, uh, of all of the things that I've just listed, <laughs> of all of the things that I have just listed, every married person knows that that list is quickly a mistake. You quickly find out, after saying I do, that that list is a mistake, okay? (laughs) The most, I I don't know what y'all saying over in that corner. I'm gonna just keep it, I'm gonna keep it moving, I'm gonna keep it moving, okay? The most popular people in high school usually don't grow up to be the most successful people. The most physically attractive people are usually the most ugliest people inside. And even if they don't, I mean, they aren't the most uh, ugly people inside, everybody ends up with wrinkles, rolls, or something that sags anyway. Okay? The people with the most money usually don't have time for you because they're working, trying to pay for all of that stuff. And the person that makes you feel all warm and fuzzy inside is also the person that drops their socks on the floor and leaves them there for a week. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, I'm just, you know, waiting for a pile to take it all to the to handbag the at once. <laughs> Right. or or we have some type of, you know, something that makes us eccentric that will leave your blood boiling. Okay, so so oftentimes the the, the thing that we love about the person that makes us fall in love at the end, we like don't mean nothing. Because at the end of the day, that's not going to hold you. So what we need is a better measurement for real love. We need a better measurement for real love. And I believe that Paul provides us with such a measurement. He says, love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Now let me ask you this question. If before you got married, this was your definition of love, how would that have changed your relationship? <laughs> right. You would be you would be a lot more selective, right? Right? Be, be, because you're understanding that if I'm with someone who is patient, kind, not jealous, not arrogant or boastful, not rude, you know, someone who doesn't insist on their own way, they're not irritated all the time. They're not resentful. Right. They they don't get excited when uh, when sin happens, but they are always rejoicing in truth. If they are people who can bear all things, believe all things, hope all things, endure all things. Right. You, you start to look at them like. Hmm. What was I thinking love was before I got? (laughs) What was I thinking love was, right? Right? If you find someone like that, you recognize, wow, wow, that is, that's different. (laughs) Okay? I I might want to hold on to that. Okay, But again, that's not the context of what Paul is saying here. Okay? It may be true. That when you're dating, right? If you if you see, hey, you know, my boyfriend isn't really patient. They're not really kind either. (laughs) You know, like they seem to be a jealous person, and you know, they always bragging. You know, let me pump the brakes a little bit. Okay, that may be true. I'm not saying that we throw throw out the application. Okay, but what I want us to see is that is not the context of First Corinthians chapter 13. The context of, of 1 Corinthians 13 is spiritual gifts. So let me just take a couple of these things. Well, let me say, let's take a couple, a couple of these things and, and see how do, do we apply love in the context of spiritual gifts. Now, love is patient, love is kind. Do You know what, 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 what qualities you need to teach something for the third time? And people like, I don't get it. I don't understand. What did you say again about that? <laughs> you know, and i would be like, can you refer to your notes from like 2012, 2018? I'm teaching the same thing over and over and over again. But guess what? Love is patient and love is kind because you know what? It took you 20 years for God to teach you this. <laughs> and he and he was very patient and loving and kind with you. So if they don't get it, you know, after 12 years, teach it again <laughs> and be loving and patient and kind. Well, what does it mean for us not to be envious, not to be jealous? It's not fair that that person always get to sing the solo. Why does past always let them teach Bible study? Why they they think they all of that because, you know, they got the flashy gift. And I just clean the bathroom. <laughs> love love is not jealous. This <laughs> this isn't about you. <laughs> it the Holy Spirit picked the gift that you have and he picked the gift that that other person has. Why didn't didn't God pick me to be the pastor? (laughs) He, he, He gave you the gift that he knew you could be most effective to bring people to Christ with. And he picked the gift that he knew that person could be most effective to bring people to Christ with. So guess what? It's really not about you. It's about Christ and the people that need to be reached. Your jealousy is misplaced. Use your gift to the best of your ability, and you will still hear, Well done, good and faithful servant. Love is not boastful and it is not arrogant. That means if you're the person that's always singing the solos, you shouldn't be like, They want me to sing. <laughs> They invited me to sing at the conference this week. I'm going to this state, and I'm going to sing for for thousands of people sitting in the audience. And and you all are only singing praise and worship here, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. It it is. It doesn't brag. It's it's really not about you. It doesn't matter if they invite you to speak at the conference. You shouldn't be looking at. Listen, I'm gonna put this on my resume. I I sang at a conference for five thousand people. You be like, sang for five thousand people. Here's my resume. I sing at conferences, <laughs> right? Your focus is off. It, th- that's how Satan fell. All the angels are worshiping God, and he's up there like, yes, yes, yes. See, see, see how the light shines off of God and it hits me and it reflects to everybody else (laughs) and then he fell (laughs) okay Your, your focus is in the wrong place if God has given you a gift and you are given opportunities to use that gift don't brag about it don't be arrogant you're only a vessel that God is using for his glory Now, we can go on and on and on and on and on for for all of these things. But again, listen, as Paul sums this up, love bears all things. It puts up with all things. It believes all things. It it always believes that you can be better. It It believes the best, right? It hopes all things. It always hopes for the best. It endures all things. It stands under the weight of whatever you throw at it. That is love. That's how we are supposed to interact with one another. And again, as I said, this is the only proper context for spiritual gifts. If you try to exercise your spiritual gift without being patient, kind, jealous, bragging, um, uh, arrogance, rude, you know, not you know, insisting on your own way, you can't compromise. Okay. If you are irritable, resentful, you rejoice in sin, you don't rejoice in the truth, you can't bear all things, can't believe all things, can't hope all things, can't endure all things, you're going to misuse your spiritual gift. You're going to turn people off, and you're not going to glorify Christ. Paul, as he is summing up this chapter, He adds an important final perspective on spiritual gifts. He adds a important final perspective on spiritual gifts. And we will see that in verses 8 through 13. He tells us that spiritual gifts are temporary, but love endures forever. Listen to what he says in verse 8. Love never ends, Right? Some of our versions may say love never ceases okay, or love endures forever. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. Okay. He says now we know in part and we prophesy in part. You may think that you have the, the spiritual gift of knowledge, but your knowledge is only partial. You, you do not know all things, okay. You you may be able to prophesy, but your prophecies are only partial. You cannot understand or tell people everything that is to come in the future, okay. You know in part, you prophesy in part, but when the complete right or in other translations, when that which is perfect comes, the partial will come to an end, okay. So again, my understanding of uh, of this. Is talking about when, uh, um, when you know when what we call the parousia, right? When Jesus returns, uh, and and, and brings the consummation of all things. Okay, so when Jesus returns, um, and for um, for those of us who die before Jesus's return, I think that you know that still counts, right? Um, uh, for this, but when everything is done, okay, all of these things, all of these spiritual um gifts, they will cease. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now, we see in a mirror dimly, right? Even the most spiritually mature of us, right? We're only looking through a a, a tinted window. We are are not seeing all of God clearly, right? How's that for humility? (laughs) You think you know God? You're looking through tinted glass (laughs) like, yeah, I see things clearly, (laughs) right? Right. We only see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. So he says, verse 13, now, faith, hope, and love abides, these three, but the greatest, between faith, hope, and love, the greatest is love. Now, if I gave you a choice between an asset that depreciates, okay, say your, your favorite, you know, your, your dream car, okay, I, I give you a choice between your dream car and an asset that will pay you your annual salary every single year for the rest of your life. Which would you choose? <laughs> you, you, you would take that asset. Now I don't know. I, I struggle. You know I, I struggle. You know because my, uh, my dream car. Every, every time I see it, I'm like, mm, 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 I see it. I, I see that it's an i8 BMW with the scissor doors. Oh, my goodness. But I don't have $125,000 to buy it. So, <laughs> But I just, I, just, I just imagine. I just see myself riding around in that thing. And I, 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 I even see it. I see that every single time I stop and open the doors, I will have my car programmed to play just one song, just one, one phrase, one, one, just one. It would be in the third verse of G Units, Stunt 101. Oh, my goodness. Every time I open the doors up, Jay, a young buck the phrase would come out, they never seen the doors let up on a car before. I'm like, boy, every single time my doors open up, it's like that, that's all you were here playing. <laughs> right? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Y'all know I, I, mean, I didn't thought about this very clearly, very vividly. I see it very vividly, you know? <laughs> Right, 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 right. License plate be like the One, <laughs> Pastor One, <laughs> right? You know, like Air Force One. It'd be like U R W C One. <laughs> but listen, we quickly recognize that things that are temporary have less value than things that are eternal or things that reoccur for the rest of our lives, right? Right, so if someone says, hey, I will give you your dream car, right? Whatever your favorite asset is, or I can give you your salary every single year until you die, right? Quickly, we were be like, mm, I'll take the money because I could just quit my job and just <laughs> and just chill, right, <laughs> okay? So we, we recognize that things that are eternal have more value than things that are temporary and that is exactly what paul says about love he says love never ends but spiritual gifts will love never ends but spiritual gifts will paul is telling us not to put all of our eggs in the spiritual gifts basket because spiritual gifts are only temporary But we can put all of our eggs in the love basket because love will endure for all eternity. Let me end this by paraphrasing D.A. Carson. D.A. Carson, uh, me paraphrasing him, he says, 50 billion years from now. Okay. All of us who know Christ will still be, be, be alive. Okay. 50 billion years from now. All of the stuff we argued about regarding spiritual gifts, okay? speaking in tongues versus, you know, cessationism, you know, there are no tongues today, right? Who had the best gift? Who sang best in the choir? You know, who preached the best sermons, right? All of these arguments that we have today, 50 billion years from now, will all be forgotten, you you will not remember. You remember that Sunday I came and told you God told me to tell you something? Right. <laughs> 50 billion years ago. You're not going to remember that. Okay? It is it it will all be irrelevant. There will be no spiritual gifts, but we will still have love. And we will still remember the acts of love that we showed one another while we were here on earth. So, if that is the case, why not put the emphasis on love now so we can use our spiritual gifts in such a way that they will have eternal value? Spiritual gifts aren't going to exist in 50 billion years. You won't need prophecy or speaking in tongues when you die and go to heaven. <laughs> and nobody's going to remember all you know, you got They did not. <laughs> They're not gonna remember you doing that every Sunday in service. They not gonna remember. You be like, ooh, you, did you hear me speaking in tongues today? Uh we we just we don't remember that. What what Sunday was that again? <laughs> but you know what people will remember? You remember that time when I was, you know, struggling during the pandemic and you 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 called me and it really changed my day. You, you remember when, when when sister so-and-so lost her job and and we all got together and we bought her groceries and you remember when brother so-and-so was sick and we all got together as a cell group and went over and we, we cleaned the house we cooked the food and we did all of those things you all remember that yes I remember that and that, I remember that brought us together it made us feel so close. 50 billion years ago uh, from now that's what we will be remembering. So why not use our spiritual gifts? In that way, focused on other people so that they will endure, have an eternal quality. Paul is trying to help us to see that the only context for spiritual gifts, the only thing that gives them value, the only thing that makes them last forever is love and love again is the only proper context for spiritual gifts now when we move on to next next week we'll be looking at, at, at chapter 14 we'll look at uh a look at this uh um, a little bit for a bible study and then on on next next sunday um, Paul continues this conversation on spiritual gifts. And, and, and I think that he is now applying how spiritual gifts are supposed to be worked out in the context of the local body. OK, so we'll be returning to look at, at that. How do we apply this? <laughs> what, what, what does it look like to exercise spiritual gifts in love? Paul will show us that in chapter 14. So y'all can work on on reading chapter 14 for next week and we will come to that amen let's pray father we thank you today for allowing us to be able to look at your word we know that uh your word is always right and true lord we pray that you would help us all to recognize that you have gifted each one of us you have helped all of us to to have grace and gifts that will benefit the rest of the body and i pray that you would help us to learn how to exercise those gifts in love. Help us not to do all of the things that we do in vain. Help us not to to do all of the, the, the works that we do, and then we ourselves be diminished, or we gain nothing. I pray, Lord, that you would teach us how to exercise the one overarching quality that you have given us as Christians in this dark world, and that is love. I ask, Lord, that you would teach us how to combine our spiritual gifts with love so that our spiritual gifts and the ministries and the things that we do to serve others will take on an eternal value that not only will glorify you for all eternity, but it also will bring us all together to celebrate one another for all eternity. We thank you for your grace and for your mercy. We thank you, Lord, for loving us and, and showing us what love truly is. And we thank you that by your spirit, you can also help us and teach us how to show one another real love. We thank you now for all these things. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, keep working your way through first Corinthians chapter.